This week on Empowering Midlife Wellness with me, Dr. Susan, we're getting into the nuts and bolts of what exactly happens with your hormones during perimenopause and what can you do about it. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Susan, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit more in detail about exactly what happens to our hormones as we go through the process of being younger and having normal hormone production through perimenopause, usually in our 40s, to menopause when we stop having ovulatory function altogether from our ovaries. So just as a review, we make three primary hormones from our ovaries. They are estradiol, which is the primary form of estrogen that we produce throughout our lives, testosterone, which is not a male hormone. This is a hormone that men and women have. Men have higher levels, but we need it too. And progesterone, which is a hormone that we make only after we ovulate. It's called progesterone because it's progestational. It's designed to help support the little embryo right after we conceive until the placenta takes over progesterone function later on in the pregnancy. So those are the three hormones that we make. And let's talk about what happens to them throughout our lifespan. Well, first of all, when we're little children, our ovaries are not kicked into function yet. But as we know, when we go through puberty and we start having periods, our pituitary gland turns everything on so that we start ovulating. We start releasing eggs. And when we release eggs, we produce estrogen throughout the cycle. The pattern is that it's lower when we're on our period. It spikes up around the time of ovulation, and then it drops again as we have our next period. So we have estradiol present throughout the month, but in varying levels. So it's kind of up and down like this. Now, progesterone, we produce only after ovulation. So throughout the month, when we're young, remember this is when we're ovulating, when we're aged you know, 12, 13 or so, up until in our 40s when ovulation starts to change, our progesterone level is going to be pretty much zero throughout the month. Now, after we ovulate, our estrogen kicks up, and then our progesterone will go up after ovulation, waiting for that little embryo to be present so it can help preserve the embryo. And if there's no embryo, then the progesterone drops and we have another period. Now, if we get pregnant, the progesterone level stays high. And several weeks after conception, the placenta takes over progesterone production. But that's the purpose of progesterone. And we don't have any progesterone when we stop ovulating. So if we're not having periods, we're not ovulating, we're not producing any progesterone. I'm going to go back to that in a little bit because there's so much misinformation about progesterone levels, and it depends entirely on when we measure them in the cycle. Progesterone is going to be zero all the time, except it blips up just for a week or two after ovulation, and then it drops again. And then thirdly, testosterone is produced pretty evenly throughout the cycle. It's not related to ovulation, so we don't see these big ups and downs throughout the month. But it does have a slow decline starting at about age 25 or 30. It's going to start to drop slowly over time. So it doesn't drop off a cliff with menopause like the other hormones do. It just slowly drops over time. And we actually do sometimes still produce a little bit of testosterone even after menopause, but those levels are quite low. So going back to what happens with our hormones, when we're in our 40s, maybe we're still having periods. You know, it depends. Sometimes we stop having periods even earlier than our 40s. But right about the time that we know that fertility becomes a problem, which is kind of 35 and on, and certainly after 40, 42, for most patients, we're not fertile anymore. Now, we may still be having periods, but for the last several years of our menstrual cycle, we're not able to conceive because, first of all, the egg is not fertilizable because it's getting quite old. 
lots of other issues happen with that. And one of the issues is that we don't produce very much progesterone. So even if we do conceive, the embryo fizzles out before it's even recognizable. And we have a period before we even know that we were pregnant. And that happens very frequently, even in young women. So progesterone drops, the egg itself is non-fertilizable. So even though we're having periods, we're still not fertile. So right around that time, and it can be 35 to 40, I call that perimenopause. We're not menopausal yet, but our hormones are starting to change in ways that really affect us. So our estrogen is still being produced, but our progesterone is a little bit lower. And so we call this time a time of estrogen dominance, not necessarily because our estrogen is higher and maybe the same as it was before, but our progesterone is lower. So in relationship to each other, we're estrogen dominant. And when we're producing more estrogen than progesterone, Remember, we only produce progesterone after ovulation, but when that level drops, we can get heavier periods because estrogen causes the uterine lining to grow and progesterone has the opposite effect. So heavier periods, more breast tenderness, more water retention, weight gain around the middle. Any of that sound familiar? These are the typical complaints of a perimenopausal woman. So in perimenopause, our estrogen still trucking along. That's the last hormone to drop, by the way, but our progesterone is lower. And our testosterone, remember, has been on a slow decline all of this time. So for perimenopausal women who are still having periods, but not feeling the same, you know, we're moody, we're gaining weight, we're not sleeping. That's a huge effect of progesterone is disruption of sleep. We can lose our sex drive because our testosterone's dropping. We can start losing muscle mass. We can have lots of symptoms well before we stop having periods. And that's what's going on in perimenopause. So our perimenopausal patients are lacking in progesterone and testosterone for the most part. But how do we know that? Well, we have to check your hormones and see. But one caveat is don't let someone tell you what your progesterone level is if they just check it at some random time during the month. Because remember, it's always zero, except right after ovulation, it goes up just for a short time and then it drops. So I always get frustrated when patients come in and they say, oh, they said my progesterone was zero. Well, of course it was because it was on day 10 of your cycle. We count day one being the first day of your period. So your progesterone's never going to be elevated except, you know, sort of from day 18 to 24 or so of your cycle, assuming you're having a monthly cycle. So checking progesterone is very much dependent on where you are in your cycle if you're having periods. So usually I don't even check it because it's going to come back at zero for the most part. We know just based on this is what happens to everyone, that your progesterone level drops as you get older. That's why we can't get pregnant anymore. One of the reasons. So checking progesterone is kind of useless, honestly, but you know sometimes it does help to see that it is low or zero. That might just confirm what you already knew in your mind. So uh, we know testosterone's lower, progesterone's lower. So what are the treatments for these perimenopausal symptoms? Well, guess what? Progesterone is great to take. I take it every night myself. It helps you sleep, helps with moods, makes your period lighter helps with that bloating, all of those estrogen-dominant symptoms, we would not want to give you estrogen in this period of time. Even though it's fluctuating, if I gave you estrogen during the times that it's high, you're going to have breast tenderness, water retention, all that yucky stuff. So we definitely don't want to give estrogen to a perimenopausal woman. That's just going to make things worse. But be careful because if someone checks your estrogen during your cycle or in the few days before or after, your estrogen level might look really low because remember it fluctuates. So I've had patients who've been told they need to take estrogen even when they're perimenopausal because they had a blood test on that slice of time, that little moment in time, their estrogen was low, 
but over the month, it's not low. So be really careful to make sure that you know when you're checking your hormones in relation to your cycle, assuming that you're having periods. So what happens throughout our 40s is our estrogen stays pretty stable, although the fluctuations might get more apparent so that there's higher highs and lower lows, we're still making plenty of estrogen. But our progesterone slow, as I mentioned, and our testosterone slow. So a great treatment for those perimenopausal symptoms is a little bit of testosterone, which most of you know I prefer in pellet form. The reason for that is it's bioidentical testosterone that's delivered evenly every day, 24 hours a day, throughout a three to four month cycle. You don't have to put anything on every day. It just makes it easy. So I have a pellet in my bottom, tiny little things the size of a grain of rice that go underneath your tissue, usually in the bottom or where we have some fat. And that can help support your testosterone level throughout the month to help with energy, help with muscle mass, sex drive, all of those things that often go away. And then frequently I also give patients progesterone to help with sleep, to help their cycles to be shorter, periods less heavy, water retention, all of those things that come from having too much estrogen and not enough progesterone. Now it's a moving target, of course, because as we get closer to menopause and then we stop having periods, then our estrogen drops too. So at that point, we do replace estrogen. So what's really important, I think, for people to understand, for women to understand, and we're not taught this about our own bodies, is that those three hormones don't all disappear together. It's not like our hormones are all perfect and then one day we go through menopause and they're zero. They actually decline at different levels as I've described. So we need to replace them at different times. So initially you might need progesterone, you might need testosterone, and then eventually you'll need all three like me. If I were not taking any hormones and I'm 54, all three of those would be zero. But when I was 45, I had high estrogen, low testosterone, low progesterone. As I mentioned, some patients do continue to produce testosterone from their ovaries even after menopause, but how would we know? Well, we have to check your hormones. So get your hormones checked, and I hope that helps you to understand a little bit about what happens to your hormones as you go through this journey. One of the most important things is to find a provider who will go on this journey with you because it's a changing, fluctuating pattern. You are a moving target if you're in perimenopause and all those symptoms are going to change. So what's good for you right now is going to be different next year. So there's no cookie cutter, one-step approach where we give the same thing to everybody. Not at all. It depends exactly on where you are in the menopause spectrum. And there's no way to know that without checking your hormones and then listening to you describe what your symptoms are. So usually if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. So if you're having those symptoms and you're perimenopausal, chances are a big part of it is from hormonal change, which can be addressed so that you can feel better because you deserve to feel great. So you can check us out at completemidlifewellnesscenter.com or drsusan.com. I'm happy to help you or find a provider that knows how to address your hormones during perimenopause so that you can feel better. So if you have a question that you'd like to ask me about perimenopause or anything else, you can submit that to drsusan.com slash ask, and we might consider your question so that you can ask that to me live on our new YouTube show, Ask Dr. Susan Live. So hope to hear from you, and I will talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.